0: The first year of marriage can be a time of wedded bliss, but what happens when one of the first things you do as a couple is commit to paying all of your living expenses for three months only using Bitcoin? Well, it might not sound too daunting in 2020, but let's say the year is 2013. Changes the picture just a bit, doesn't it? Well, that's exactly what Austin Craig and his wife, Becca, did, and they documented the whole process, creating a film titled Life on Bitcoin. Today, we speak with Austin to discover what he learned during this self-imposed challenge. We also catch up with our friend Dirk Lewith from Upland.me to find out about the latest developments in our favorite virtual property blockchain game. After listening, you might want to try living your life on BadCoin. But probably not. It's episode number four hundred and sixteen of the Bad Crypto Podcast.
1: Five, four, three, two, one, two, admittedly. Who's bad?
0: Greetings, friends all over the world from the Republic Bad Cryptopia. This is Joel Com and Mr. Travis Wright. What is going on?
2: Wonderful folks out there in Bad Cryptopia. Here's
0: Things here. are happening. The I crypto market is. Yeah. Good, good. Oh, well, I see you. That you're wearing true. a KC hat for a change.
2: Yeah, it's about time I put a Kansas City hat on.
0: Yeah, no, but this is a Royals hat. You know, tip, usually it's a Chiefs hat, but you're That's wearing a Royals. True.
2: Normally it's a Royals hat. Sometimes I'll wear a Chiefs hat. The Chief, say there's a problem with the Chiefs logo. I love the KC. If they just put the KC on a hat, that'd be great. But they don't. They always have the KC with the arrowhead around it, and it always kind of like eh. If they would just mm. decouple them like the Royals did, and, and put a KC on stuff, they should do that. But they don't. They don't listen.
0: Well, and blue is more your color than red too.
2: Yeah, it's true. Except
0: bad. Right. Welcome everybody to the show. Glad that you're here for episode number 416. Want to give a shout out to our show sponsor, which is eToro. They offer a wide variety of cryptocurrencies for trading and for hodling. You can build a diversified portfolio with 14 of the most popular coins. They are our leader. In the global fintech revolution, we're talking millions of users, registered users around the world and still for a limited time. If you go to the link I'm going to provide you with and you're in the United States of America, download, install the app and follow the instructions. Uh, Do it right and we'll give you $50 in free Bitcoin from Bad Crypto. Go to badco.in forward slash etoro. Don't wait, do it today. Badco.in forward slash E, toro, Toro, Toro,
2: Toro. Very good. And Mr. Jokam, we interviewed Austin Craig, and this was quite a journey this guy went on. Like, it was uh, very, very interesting. For one, he had this one business where he had, I don't even think we talked to him about his tongue cleaner business, but he went on a journey with him and his, and his newlywed wife. And we're only spending crypto, uh, Bitcoin specifically on their journey in 2013. This is a crazy story. We should, let's get into this.
0: It's one thing to talk about mainstream adoption and encouraging people to use cryptocurrency in their everyday life. It's another to have actually done it. And our guest here made a name for himself back in 2013 or so when he and his new bride, Becky, decided to live on Bitcoin exclusively, nothing else, for three months. They did it in 2013. They documented it. It came out in the documentary film titled Life on Bitcoin. And with us today, we have Mr. Austin Michael Craig, the man with three names, three first names. Yeah, you can thank my parents for that one. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. It's like, what do we name him? We call him Austin. That's a good name. We call him Michael. We like our last name for a first name too. Maybe we call him Craig Craig.
3: You know, I've got a Ooh. I've got a twin sister and they thought we were going to be both boys. So maybe they just decided to use those names anyway. Just put them all on me.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's good. Well, we're, we're glad you're here and we're able to uh, work this out. Before we jump into your whole Bitcoin exploits, what you learned from that and what you would think about Doing that in today's world. Just kind of give us a little background on who you are.
3: Sure thing. Uh, I'm Austin Craig. I am, you know, I'm a filmmaker, but also a marketer. Uh, I've, I've done a, a number of different things. I've, I've been a head of marketing for a crypto startup. I've made the film, obviously, I made a TV show for uh, a network that's in a lot of homes in America. Um, so, creative development, multimedia, uh, Podcasting, you know, not just interviewing but producing. I've done a lot of media stuff with a keen interest in technology and small teams collaborating to accomplish something really cool.
2: Yeah, and you have a very fancy, cool soundproof background with all kinds of colors and checkerboard thing. That's right. Yeah,
3: we uh, we moved into this home at the beginning of January, and I quickly got to work turning a very small uh, root cellar into this recording space. And I got it done right about the time the coronavirus started to really take off in the United States. So happy to do recordings from home for anyone who's interested.
2: All right. You got, the, uh, you got the, the soundproof area man cave. It sounds like you got a couple little ones there at the house. So it's like daddy needs his, his space to go, uh, go hang out sometimes. Huh?
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've got three small children. And this is maybe the only spot in the house where I can go and get some really assured quiet for any period of time.
2: Yeah, it's good. Well, to get those well. soundproof panels because it's not nah, wah, wah, three small ones. I, I remember I have two I have two small ones at the same time. I remember that. It's good to have those soundproof panels. You're not
0: a small one, Travis, and sometimes you sound like that to me. So
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, you know, with the padded room there, you can also bounce off the walls if you need to do that for, for a little bit. So when did you discover Bitcoin? Tell us about that journey down the rabbit hole.
3: You know, I wish I could tell you the very first time I had read about Bitcoin. Um, tell us but, the
0: second time. We're we're good with that.
3: Well, I can tell you this. I, I remember reading about it way back in probably 2011 or 12 on uh, BoingBoing.net, and there was a a little woven patch. I say woven. Maybe I'm getting the term wrong. But there was like a a Boy Scout style patch that you could buy, but you could only buy it with by paying with one Bitcoin. And so that was the brag is if you would wear this patch and anybody else saw it, who knew what it was, would know that you paid a full you paid a Bitcoin with it. At the time, that wasn't a lot of money. It was just really hard to get Bitcoins mm-hmm. and to use them. Um, I also have a chat log from from G chat with my buddy Rob, where I was saying in 2011, like, OK, how do I do Bitcoin mining? I want to do this. I can't figure it out. And he's like, good luck, man. Uh, maybe you can figure it out. I wasn't able to. Because I'm not a programmer, I'm not deeply technical. And so at that point, I really tried, but it was beyond my technical capacity to figure out how to implement that. You, f- you flash forward a couple of years. I've been learning about this and reading about this and really trying to integrate the ideas of what Bitcoin was and how it worked. And by the beginning of 2013, we saw another rally where Bitcoin went up in price. It went up to something like $120. It was crazy. And then it crashed back down to less than half of that. And it continued on. And this was this was maybe the third or fourth time that we'd seen that pattern, that I'd seen that pattern at that point where people said like, this is a novelty, it's gonna go away, but it rallies, it crashes and it levels out at much higher than it was before the rally. And I thought, this is not going away. This is a Pandora's box. Every time people say it's gonna die or it's crashed, it's actually much bigger than it was the last rally. So I gotta get involved somehow And that was the beginning of the Life on Bitcoin
2: project and film. Mm, So did you figure out mining or did you you figure out that, oh, I can buy this some places? No, what I figured out was
3: this is an interesting project that's not going away, that is only going to grow and have much wider public interest. What if I create some kind of media centric project around Mm. this? And I was talking with some friends about this, other friends who are way into cryptocurrency, I come from kind of a, a individual liberty, philosophical background, and I've got numerous friends in that space as well. And and we were all interested in it for those reasons. Like, oh, this is sovereign currency. That's a really powerful right. concept. Um, and a buddy of mine who ended up becoming a producer on the film said, hey, you're getting married, what would you what if you and Becky, my, my fiance then and now wife, what if you guys lived on Bitcoin alone, just that, for all expenses, and you like filmed it? Uh, that would be a really interesting way to explore this subject. And I, I presented the idea to Becky at the time. And something I've always loved about my wife is how adventurous she is. And she was like, Yeah, all right, let's do it. Like, I. I don't know many people who would jump on board for a crazy lifestyle experiment like that at the beginning of our marriage, but she was like, no, yep. that,
0: that's crazy. That is uh, <laughs> you're, a, you chose wisely. Um, and B, you know, the first year of marriage is supposed to be bliss and that can turn it into really a uh, high stress situation.
2: Mm. Yeah. Plus it, there's no kids then,
3: right? That's pre-kids. So it's like, that was pre-kids. Yeah, yeah. We didn't, we did not have any kids. And, um, but you know, like again, She's always up for an adventure. She's very and she's a very ambitious person. She's a business owner herself of of a couple different businesses. And I just thought that this would be an interesting, fun, potentially profitable way to explore the topic and get the word out about something that I thought was going to be really important. And she said, yeah, let's do it.
0: (laughs) Wow. And so. You did it. You did it for three months. The documentary is out there for anybody that wants to see it at lifeonbitcoin.com. on dot com. Um, and you survived. Right. You know, you you're here to tell the story today. What did you learn during that three months that you just didn't see coming?
3: You know, we we anticipated that it would be difficult, but we didn't anticipate very well how it would be difficult we thought it might be difficult to get food, right? There was the the running gag like, oh, you guys are going to lose a lot of weight. You're going to starve because you won't be able to buy food. Well, it turns out food was the easiest thing to buy because it's very easy to source locally. We went to a local uh, agricultural farm share where we were talking to the farmer directly and we persuaded them that Bitcoin was a valid currency that they should accept. And so we bought produce from that farmer. We talked to a relatively local grocery store chain and they thought it was interesting, and they decided to to accept Bitcoin for payment. What we had a really hard time buying, and in fact, never got to buy as directly as I wanted to, was uh, gasoline for the car. we We have to drive around. We have to get around. And in fact, in the documentary, we traveled across the country and ultimately around the world. And so we had to get gas for our car. And there are there's no such thing as a local mom and pop oil company. Mm-hmm. right? We can't go to the local Exxon or shell and go up to the counter and say, hi, will you accept Bitcoin? The person behind the counter there is like, listen, man, I don't know what you're selling me, but I don't have time for it, nor do I have the authority to change our
0: policies. Like, you went to the wrong place. If you would have gone out to the fields there, you would have seen mom, pa, kettle. They're out pumping their own oil. They got the direct <laughs> out back. Sure, so We'll take some of that. They're funny money.
3: You know, there even is a locally in the, t- the small Utah town that we live in. There is an oil company, small family owned oil company here. And I went and asked them and they wouldn't even give me the time of day. They were not interested in discussing it. I thought it would be a good public relations move for them, which is how I pitched it to a lot of people, but they were like, why are you wasting my time? Please leave. Uh, So I was pretty disappointed in that. That was the hardest thing by far was buying gasoline.
2: You know, so so the folks know this is what 2013. So this is this is like pre Coinbase like now it would be easier to live on Bitcoin, and in fact, I think for the most part, I've done that for the last two and a half years. Right, I lived on crypto because I could take my crypto, convert it to fiat, and then do what I need to do with it. Right, which is not technically, you know, staying in crypto.
0: Not, um, not the same thing, Travis. It's not.
2: It's not the same, but it's like my earnings have been in crypto for the most part, right? That's which true. is, which is, which is, which is cool. Um, and so, how how did you how did you manage that? Like, so did you ever go to like? like local bitcoin exchange and say here's some bitcoin give me some dollars or like how did you solve the gas problem we did use local bitcoins uh we did use coinbase a
3: very very early coinbase was live mm. in the end of summer early fall 2013 oh, okay nice um in fact that's kind of how we paid rent we had uh, our landlord did not want to accept crypto didn't want to accept bitcoin as payment But he had a simple choice in front of him it's either accept this currency that can quickly be turned into dollars on coinbase or evict otherwise great tenants who just moved in your call man what do you want to do and so he was super hesitant he didn't want to do it but he had that clear choice in front of him what he ended up doing was opening up another bank account because he didn't want these dirty bitcoin dollars touching his bank account he opened up another checking account connected that to coinbase and that's how we ended up paying him and he, he ultimately became a huge Bitcoin fan and advocate, but he just had never heard of it at that point and Did was he super skittish.
0: Bitcoin? That's the question. Did he Ooh, that it? is a good question.
3: I don't know. I need to go back and ask him. I can tell you that um, we ended up buying gas from a local 7-Eleven for a while because the owner of that place, the, the man who owned the store, said, yeah, all right, I'll do it. And we would pay him Bitcoin and he would turn on the gas pump. Now, at the end of three months pumping gas, he had at least a couple thousand in Bitcoin in fall twenty thirteen. So I need to go ask him if he hung on to that.
0: I would think, you know, most people who got Bitcoin early, when you know, what was the price it, when you paid for your rent?
3: It, it was between eighty and like one hundred and twenty dollars during.
0: that Yeah, period. I mean, when people saw it go up to five hundred or a thousand, they're thinking, "Damn, yeah, sell this, sell this Bitcoin." You know, same know, I, mindset that when it went from 25 cents to five dollars. Yeah. Selling it is the rational thing to do. It's an
3: incredibly rare person with a rare perspective that says, Nope, I'm gonna hold on to this for years to come. He I, I did talk to him after the rally that happened at the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, where it went up to twelve hundred dollars, uh, and he hadn't sold any. And he was kicking himself. He was upset that he hadn't sold any. And he said, next time it does this, I am selling. But I don't think I've followed up with him since
2: then. So so what were some of the key things, you know, the, the, the key takeaways? And because here you are, you and your, your newlywed wife travel around the world on this Bitcoin adventure. Like, what were some of the key takeaways or some of the most interesting encounters that you had along the way? You know, we thought maybe that there would be
3: a quote unquote, stereotypical Bitcoin user that it would be a nerdy guy like me who is really into technology and wears glasses. I've got uh, LASIK since then, so no more glasses on my side. But we found that that wasn't true. There were certainly those people. But if you went to Bitcoin meetups, you found people of all stripes and backgrounds who were interested in this. There was a local restaurant. We went to a lot of local restaurants to try to persuade them to accept Bitcoin. And there was one local restaurant where we were talking to the owner and we said, we want you to accept Bitcoin. It's this decentralized cryptocurrency. And she was like, yeah, I know what Bitcoin is. That sounds pretty cool. How do we set it up? Let's do it right now. And I was like, whoa, really? <laughs> like, I don't have to explain this to you. I don't have to convince you. It's a Navajo restaurant. This is a young Navajo woman who was running the, the, the restaurant there. Like she wouldn't fit any kind of stereotypical crypto libertarian Stereotype, but she was totally into it. And they were one of the earliest to accept that, uh, to accept Bitcoin in our our town, our neighborhood.
0: You're a talented filmmaker. I remember watching this late last year and thinking this guy, you know, you're a natural broadcaster and a uh, director producer. You got a great voice for uh, for doing media. And I'm wondering, have you thought about doing some sort of sequel to this in this era. Here we are in 2020, the economy is collapsing. Everybody's talking COVID-19. And if crypto is going to have its moment, it seems like this is the time to shine. What about a follow-up?
3: That would be interesting. And it's something we've thought about, but not in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. Mm -hmm. So people had suggested that when we had our first child, they're like, oh, baby on Bitcoin, do the sequel. And (laughs) People had suggested it at other times in our life, too. It's not something we've considered in the midst of this pandemic. But I think you're absolutely right. If there is a time for Bitcoin to shine, I've been posting about this on Twitter. I've been posting about it to um, some friends on other networks saying. Bitcoin was literally built as a hedge against irresponsible institutional behavior like we're seeing right now. It's not an accident that it came out right after the 2007 or 2008 economic recession and economic collapse, you know, Satoshi Nakamoto in the white paper wrote these things in there that point pretty clearly to why he was doing it. Uh, banks on verge of bailout, right? Wasn't that a line that he put into his his uh, first published code? So you're right. This is the time for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to really shine. Um, what would that look like? What would we structure a documentary like if we did one now? Because I don't know if I'm prepared to put me and my wife and three kids living on Bitcoin for months at a time at this point.
0: I would think it would be a different approach, you know, just like, uh, so uh what's the guy's name that did supersize me Morgan Spurlock, Yeah. you know, great documentary filmmaker, and he lived on nothing but McDonald's for 30 days. He did another film recently i don't know if i saw it on amazon or netflix but it's really good and he was like what if i opened a fast food restaurant and it's him talking to the experts trying to find the most nutritious food and all the things around a restaurant and he opens up a a chicken place and it's i think that there's actually talk of it being franchised now so i you know what would a different approach For you, be I don't think it would be living on Bitcoin, but certainly something about crypto use in today's world.
3: Yeah, you know, I had this wasn't a film sequel, but it was kind of an episodes of my life sequel where I made that documentary film and then I was doing film production for commercial clients and doing a film production for a television show for a couple years, and then uh, one of my commercial clients, one of the people that I was producing video for hired me to work for them full time, and it was a cryptocurrency startup. So they wanted me to be making videos for cryptocurrency videos, videos about cryptocurrency for the the crypto startup. And so like there was a stretch of a couple of years of my life again where I was eyeballs deep in the crypto space. It was everything that I was doing at work. It was everything that I was doing, uh, thinking about dreaming about eating everything. It was all it it was my whole life. For another couple of years, like it had been during the production of the film, uh, and it was even at that time. This is in 2018. It was so incredible to me how much the space had changed in those few years, and I think it's even changed since 2018 pretty dramatically. Like this is a this is a thing you could do as an ongoing series because the story is never done with cryptocurrency. Just like the story is never done with the internet, it's always something dramatically new happening.
0: Don't you think if you tried to do this today, it would be boring though? Because like Bitcoin, oh sure, I'll take Bitcoin. Yeah, Bitcoin, no problem. Okay, I'll take your Bitcoin. Like you wouldn't have much resistance. You'd be able to find, it wouldn't be this worry, how are we going to eat? Are we going to find a place to stay?
3: Yeah, that's true. We would be able to find places to accept it and we wouldn't have to explain it nearly as much. What ended up happening in 2013 was we would say to a business owner, we want you to accept Bitcoin. And the immediate question every time was, what is Bitcoin? That one Navajo restaurant was one of the very few exceptions where they actually knew what it was and they were ready to proceed with the conversation. Almost every everybody else said, what is Bitcoin? So what it turned into was an education campaign is us explaining to them. Here's what Bitcoin is. Here's why it's valuable and different and worth it for you to set up and to start to integrate today. Um, And a lot of what happened was people ended up trusting not this trustless network, not the, you know, the integrity of a technical platform what they ended up trusting was this nice you know clean cut young couple with a film crew asking them to try something new so it was interesting how much a social element played into it i frankly don't know how successful we would have been relative to what we were if we didn't have a film camera if we didn't have a film crew with us a lot of the time that definitely influenced people's right so it's not a totally objective representation of how adoption might have worked but we did find a lot of people, you know, especially at like farmer's markets where it, it's the business owner right there at the booth. Who were totally ready to say like, yeah, why not? Let's give it a shot.
2: Tell me all about it. And so then what, you would just set them up on the Coinbase account right then? Or you'd get them, what, what was the process? How would you onboard people to Bitcoin? The pitch then, and I
3: believe it will still work now, we, we would use Coinbase. What we would tell them is like, okay, I'm going to email you money. And what we would do is get on Coinbase and put in their email and send them money via Coinbase, send them Bitcoin, and they had to register an account in Coinbase to accept those funds. So we could do it on the spot where they saw the email, they saw the dollar amount, and they knew they'd been paid. Now it's just on them to finish their account and accept the funds and connect it to an actual bank. Did they have
0: an affiliate program then? Like, were you able to get rewarded for helping people set up their accounts? I think I did. I I mean, that would be, here, let me help you set that up. Oh, I just got $10 in free Bitcoin (laughs) helping all these people set up stuff.
3: I've done plenty of that since then. I can't remember if they had that in place in 2013.
0: You know what would be really interesting here? You could see for those uh, that have video, which is nobody but us, this is a a silver representation of a Litecoin. Today, it might be interesting. Could you live on precious metals, right? Life on gold. How do, how do you spend gold out there in the world? You know, I've got an ounce. Can you break this ounce? It's worth $1,700. I <laughs> need my change in gold. It would be really difficult to do that. It
3: would be really difficult, and there might be some precedent for the government to come after you for that. I, I'm trying to remember the name of the business, but there was a business that tried to pay their employees, I believe in Nevada, tried to pay their employees with uh, precious metal coins And these were coins that were printed by the U.S. Mint and they had a dollar denomination on them. They said like $10 or $20, but it was made of gold or silver or platinum. Mm -hmm. So the actual value was much higher. And this person filed their taxes saying, I paid them with $10 coins and that's how much it's worth. Uh, And they got, oh, that's why they got in trouble because they got arrested. They did not get past the IRS. Uh, That's one thing that I learned in doing life on Bitcoin. Uh, just talking to people, hearing stories, and, and learning about scenarios like we just described. Do not mess with the IRS about this stuff. They don't think it's f- funny or cute. They will come after you if they catch you. Um, so that was one area where we were super careful. You showed that coin. It reminded me that, you you know, Casatius Coins. The guy who makes Casatius Coins lives here in Utah, not far away from where I am.
0: Explain what that is, because a lot of people have never heard of that.
3: Sure thing. So a Casatius coin, it's just a made up word, doesn't mean anything on its own. But this guy in Utah, who was very early into Bitcoin, was at the early Bitcoin meetups with me in 2013, decided to make a physical embodiment of a Bitcoin by printing the private key on a physical brass token and then putting a holographic sticker over top of it. So if I hand this coin to you, you can see that it has this holographic sticker. The sticker is undisturbed and it's marked with the denomination. It says half a Bitcoin or one Bitcoin or a quarter Bitcoin. You can have pretty high confidence that underneath that holographic sticker, because it appears to be totally undisturbed, there's the private key where you can redeem that Bitcoin. So this is basically like a gift card with Bitcoin, uh, but it comes in the form of a physical coin, just like you're used to using. I think he did this to introduce the idea to people who were totally unfamiliar with it, unfamiliar with the concepts of this decentralized digital money. Uh, And it was a way for him to show them, here, I can put this in your hand and it's valuable. That's real world value right there. And it's not dollars. So he made a bunch of these, I think from between 2011 and 2014, before he got shut down as an unlicensed money transmitter, I believe is what the government called him. Um, How do you spell it? Cassatius. It's oh it's weird. It's C-A-S-A-S-C-I-U-S. Man, I hope that's accurate. I don't know. But Siri.
2: Siri. (laughs) Search Cassatius coins.
0: Yeah, I've got it right here. In fact, if you go to Cassatius.com. Um, He's got pictures. He says, as of November 27, 2013, I suspended sale of items that contain digital bitcoins. Current items for sale do not contain bitcoins. But there's pictures of the original ones there. And um, he is selling um, coins still. And the site, it's funny because the web page looks like it was made in 1997.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it was totally made by himself. Uh, Totally very utilitarian. He's not a graphic designer. He's just a technical guy who was really into this. But he was making these and... You know, at the time, they weren't worth very much. They were a novelty. So he was selling them for face value or for slight markup. He was giving them away. And I got some of these from him. And in Life on Bitcoin, you can see the first thing we do after we get back from our honeymoon is buy train tickets to get home from the airport. And we paid the guy with these cassatius coins. And I believe we paid him half a Bitcoin for two train tickets. This is local light rail train tickets. So it's like, at, at one point in the following years, that was worth $10,000. I need to go find that guy and see if he still has it. That thing's harder to spend than most of the Bitcoin that we sent out to people. It's not as liquid per se.
2: So you've been on quite a journey these last seven years or so, it seems like. So what's, what's going on with you now and, and what's, what can, uh, can folks expect from AMC here in the future? Uh, so my interest in
3: Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has never gone away, though my professional pursuits have been kind of all over the place. I, I did life on Bitcoin. I ran a small film festival for a couple of years. I did a TV show, uh, produced and hosted a TV so- show for BYU TV for a couple of years, my alma mater. Um, I was head of marketing for Mainframe.com, mm-hmm. a crypto startup. And I worked for Mission.org for a while. Uh, producing and hosting podcasts with them. Now, in the midst of this coronavirus outbreak, uh, it's not been great for media producers. Maybe you guys know about this, but um, I am now a full-time dad. My wife is head of marketing at a data center company, and she's paying the bills while I take care of our three insane children. I was talking about this on Twitter recently. In January, I had a, a job at it was intellectually engaging. I was talking with all kinds of people about all kinds of different interesting subjects for podcasts that we were producing. And now its I've got two toddlers and a newborn who the screaming seems endless, gentlemen. If I ever write a parenting memoir, it will be called Endless Screaming. <laughs> so for the time being, I am fathering my children and making sure that they stay alive in the midst of a global pandemic.
0: Yeah, but super, super at, important.
3: As you've noted, i have I've built this little studio here in my home. Uh, and the intention always has been to produce my own media, audio and or video, and to build uh, to build my career that direction rather than working for other startups and other studios and other networks, to build my own brand and my own face and voice uh, so that, you know, when things get weird, I don't have to rely on other people making the right decisions for my income to continue to come, which has That's been, right. an interesting learning experience for the past few years. You know, I got let go from that cryptocurrency startup as a head of marketing when the market tanked and I was not by virtue of my position as a head of marketing. I was, I had no decision-making authority on what the company did to maybe preserve jobs. And this kind of thing has happened several times where it's like, I've done my job admirably. There's nothing I could have done differently or better. I still lost my job. So it's like, you know what? I'm just going to bet on myself from here on forward. I'm just going to make my own media. I'm not going to rely on somebody else for a salaried paycheck.
0: Yeah, what what is the salary thing you speak of? I don't I don't remember. I've had it a it couple totally. times and it's yeah. it's got its
3: perks, it's nice while it lasts. Yep. You just have no control. Your hands are not on the reins mm-hmm. of that horse and it will go where it's going to go.
0: Absolutely. So, this is kind of a painful question. I'm sure you've been asked it before. How much Bitcoin did you spend to live <laughs> on Bitcoin during that 3 months?
3: I have been asked that many times and I don't, I don't know if I've ever had the guts to go back in my Coinbase history and to calculate to the penny how much I spent because it was a lot. It was rent. It was gas. It was groceries. It was uh, travel across the country. It was- We're talking thousands around the world. of Bitcoin. Oh, yes. Thousands, thousands. Thousands.
0: And did you and, keep
3: some? Yes, absolutely. And it's been the best financial decision of my life because of what it's done. And I still have and I still buy Bitcoin and occasionally still spend it when I see an opportunity and I have some that uh, I'm ready to replenish by purchasing more. I'm kind of a spend it and buy it guy now. That seems to be my approach because I like to see it in circulation, but I also don't like to see it out of my wallet. So, yeah, we've definitely kept some. We've continued to buy. We've continued to occasionally spend. It's still very much a part of my life. You know, when we started this process of life on Bitcoin, I, my role was originally only meant to be the guy on camera living on Bitcoin. That was mm-hmm. it. I was going to be the guy doing the weird lifestyle experiment. Was you going to be the
2: guy with the camera too? Was you like self-recording it? Or like, how did the whole production thing go? We actually talked about that. If our
3: Kickstarter had not raised enough to hire a production crew, we had talked about, all right, can we vlog this? Can we just do it ourselves? Uh, thankfully we did raise enough. We, we on Kickstarter raised about $73,000 and then through direct wow, That's enough to buy some Bitcoin at hundred dollars a pop. Well, and, and it was interesting that ended up being kind of a, a PR fiasco because people thought we were using that money to pay for our lives on Bitcoin. What that money was actually going for was paying for a production crew, a film crew to follow us around for three months. And, uh, we, we also got direct Bitcoin contributions just people sending money to our Bitcoin wallets as, as backers and sponsors. So this was a, not a zero budget production. We had a little bit of money and we hired a film crew. And these are people that we we liked and we trusted because frankly, I am putting myself at their mercy, right? I'm going to be living on Bitcoin for three months in very difficult circumstances with my new bride. I have to trust the filmmakers to be compassionate in their storytelling because it would be very easy to just make me look like a complete idiot and maybe that would be good entertainment, but it's not the, the variety I would prefer. So we hired a film crew and things had gone pretty well through production, but in post-production, I think they had stretched themselves pretty thin. This was the first feature length documentary they'd done. They'd done a lot of shorts that were fantastic, but the feature length production ended up being much more to bite off and chew than I think they anticipated. And progress on the film kind of slowed in post-production. And so ultimately what ended up happening is I took over kind of a half finished film that didn't really have that much of a narrative thread and didn't make that much sense and was still missing really important pieces. And I hired a student editor from the local university because I don't, I can edit, but I'm not great at it. And I sat down with a student editor nights and weekends for the next year or two. I can't remember. It's been a while now and said, all right, cut this out, add this here, change this. We're going to need to add an interview right here. Let's move this around till we had the finished film. So I I had no intention of being the director of this film, but of necessity. I had to the other people involved, the people involved in production, the people involved in marketing, they had the the luxury of being able to walk away from this because their face and name were not all over it. But on the Kickstarter video, it's my face and my bride, my wife, In the film it's me it's austin and becky live on bitcoin it's like my reputation is going to be ruined if i don't get this out the door so it wasn't easy it wasn't my preferred mode uh but i ended up taking on many hats to get that film done and out the door if anybody is uh familiar with film distribution and they have connections and they have interest you know what that's an area that i could have done better at and would still be very eager to distribute it more widely we tried to get it on Netflix, but there is not a straightforward path to do that. Mm. So if anybody has any proposals, I'm all ears. Just send me a message. Go to austinmcraig.com or Life on bitcoin. No, go to, my, go to my site. Go to austinmcraig.com and send me a message. I would love to see this film get wider distribution even long after it's been finished.
0: Well, I think it deserves it. It's a historical piece and Kickstarter doesn't forget. The internet doesn't forget. I went and I found the page and uh, you're correct. You raised about $73,000 and your, your top backer was a woman named Susie Batiste. She is the inventor of the pooh brand, yep. which I think is really cool. She started a charitable foundation to fight hunger called pooh gives a crap. And <laughs> uh, she loved this idea and, and negotiated a special, uh, deal was a $10,000 pledge, so she she covered a nice chunk of this.
3: Yeah, we had a handful of uh, deep pocketed, very generous backers who supported it. And we negotiated, like you said, a a special deal with them where it wasn't just they were giving us the $10,000. It's okay, we will contribute these $10,000 for your film production. And then um, here's what we'll get after the fact. And for her, it was a lot of marketing services that she was provided. And we'll use poopery whenever we are goes to the the bathroom anywhere. It's a fantastic product. I still <laughs> like it and use it today. <laughs>
0: and every time you spray, you get a poo coin.
3: <laughs> we'll tokenize everything, I guess. Have you guys what? seen that um, Pepsi has tokenized, quote unquote, tokenized something? Yeah, Pepco- the pep coin. Yeah, man, it's funny to see where this meme, this idea of tokenization, goes, even if it's not technically. On a blockchain or, or even if it is, it's interesting to see that the tendrils of that go out through society in mm. mainstream ways.
0: Well, Mr. Austin Michael Craig, the website LifeOnBitcoin.com and his personal site uh, is com. You could check out. Oh, nice site, by the way. I just clicked in it. Very uh, 2020 looking. I have all well, these pictures and choices and options of, of things to do. Oh, so you wait, you do uh, voice acting as well?
3: Sure thing. Yeah, I've done I've done voiceover narration. So I studied broadcast journalism in college. Yeah. And uh, I've done a whole bunch of media production since then. This podcasting gig that I was just doing is the most probably direct application of my university degree. But anything in the media space, short of manning the camera, you don't want me doing that. But anything else, I've probably done it at some point in a paid capacity and uh, performance, voice acting, even on camera acting. Those are all things I'm happy to do.
0: You ever do any cartoon voices?
3: no but i would love to oh my goodness i would love to
0: well if you could do a cartoon voice what would uh, what would it be and what would it sound like
3: uh i oh, man i've always said i've wa- i would want to be the villain uh All i don't right. do as much acting anymore i did commercial acting for a few years but if i could be the diabolical villain like that would be so much fun i could yeah. really get into that
0: like steve carell had the best cartoon voice ever right because he was in the the minions he got to be yep. the the evil guy and it's like wow how much fun did he have doing that all right different rabbit hole Uh, austin thanks so much for joining us we appreciate it guys thanks for having me on it's been a pleasure i encourage everybody to go check out the life on bitcoin documentary film now that you've heard a little bit about austin's story and, and you'll see some of the people and players that they encountered on their journey it's well worth your time
2: i've not actually seen that yet you you you, uh, you watched it before we interviewed the guy right?
0: Yeah, I watched it I, you know I, I try to do my research a little bit and find out what's going on it's a it's a really good piece and I recommend you guys check it out. Uh, post virtual blockchain week there's a lot happening from one of our sponsors which is upland.me you know this is one of those blockchain games Travis that has surpassed. My expectations in terms of seeing ongoing development and adoption. I mean, they are iterating so quickly in this game.
2: Yeah. They have, you know, multiple airports now. They're going to be opening up New York sometime soon. They've got different games and different fun things to play within the game. And uh, it really is. You basically own deeds to these virtual properties that mirror the real world properties. It's kind of a new version, like a blockchain monopoly, kind of, not quite, but definitely inspired by, and he's got an update, right?
0: He does. Let's go to it. From San Francisco to New York, llamas are popping up everywhere. And with us to tell about the latest developments in the game Upland featuring our favorite llama, Mike B. Chain, is the one and only Dirk. Dirk Lewis, how you doing, buddy?
1: Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you guys today?
0: Excellent, and uh, glad to have you as part of Virtual Blockchain Week. And now there are some new developments in the game that's got legs and more than four. Yeah. <laughs> because llamas have four.
1: Never mind. That was great. That was nice. Okay, more more legs, yeah, more legs, more people. No, no, no. Things. Uh, first of all, you know, Virtual Blockchain League was a great thing you guys helped there. It was Really, really awesome. Really enjoyed being part of that. And um, still, people asking me, hey, you know, so, you know, how did you get on it and so on. Was so, so uh, congrats to that. So yeah, so on on the um, on the upland side, so we have a couple of things. We just recently had our new uh, release out, which was called Martini. Um, we have a couple of new, uh, you know, additions to it. So for instance, you know, we can run now challenges. You know, um, we had a, you know challenges means we have certain events, like um, you know we had. to for instance, you had to, to maybe collect, you know, very quickly, you know, new collections when you're the fastest, you, you know, you, you, uh, you become, you know, the leader and the leaderboard, which we also introduced. Uh, we had a couple of uh, events on Star Wars day, you know, May 4th will be with you. Uh, people could do, um, and hunt, uh, um, you know, some, some, uh, some, 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 some airships which were there. Uh, we had a special day on, on Museum's Day uh, where we had burglars, uh, curators, uh, they have to fight over some some treasures. Uh, so this is all has launched. In the meantime, also what came out is on um, the um, JFK Airport, or John F. Kennedy Airport. Um, people were able to purchase uh, the first parcels there and also on an um, SFO on the San Francisco airport. Uh, so that, that's really, because the idea is that we go live in uh, New York City in the third quarter and where people will start being able to buy and uh, purchase properties over there. However, New York is gonna launch and claim vanilla. Lots of action still going to happen in, in in San Francisco in the beginning, but eventually we will grow grow into it.
0: Travis um, has still got his eyes on the uh, Brooklyn Bridge. Like third quarter now, he's thinking, I wanna piece of that Brooklyn Bridge.
2: Yeah, I yeah. Might be a little too expensive. I mean, I was over there looking at the parcel prices for the JFK airport and I was like 1.4, uh, that's a little too many, that's too many, too much. So maybe it's. I noticed there are a few parcels still available there in uh, in JFK, so if folks are interested in snagging that. So I, I wanna talk about this. So you, have, so you were talking about folks are gonna be able to set up their own businesses within Upland. And that to me seems really interesting. I don't, I don't know how it's gonna all work, but it sounds really cool. Maybe you can let us know what's that going to be all about. Yeah. So Upland is basically as a strategy of,
1: let's say, three pillars, what we are pursuing. Right? One is the fun entertainment piece, what you've seen so far with treasure hunts and you know, flipping properties, selling properties. The second pillar is all about you know, business, actually making money in Upland, not just by flipping or by speculating about property prices and properties themselves. The third pillar is actually community. And um, speaking of the businesses, so that is what we are going to build out. What we we will allow um, soon is that people can start developing their properties. That means they can actually start erecting kind of businesses. And the first businesses we are going to launch is actually a real estate agency, which is clear. So you can propose certain bundles of your properties and these kind of things. Um, then we will have a block explorer shop, these little game pieces which roam around in the city, and then we're going to have coffee shops where people actually can hang out, which is more the community part of everything. And that, that's when it becomes uh, interesting now for for every uplander that he, they can start becoming creative. When I mentioned the block explorer, they will be able when they run a block explorer shop. They will be able to upload their own explorers and can eventually you know sell them money out of that and the big vision is also that we bring in also nfts of other games and you guys are big in that space as well right and uh, you know that people can do that in in upland the game and this ties into what we've just announced also last week and you know heard about it and we did a strategic partnership with um, the makers of Second Life, the game, which is, let's say, the grandfather of all those virtual games out there. And um, the reason we did that in partnership is because the, the promise of Upland is always that we wanted to make it super easy to get on board. And, you know, today you only need email address and, you know, we obfuscate all the complicated blockchain stuff. But also that includes that people can work with Fiat. Right now on the web, you can use a PayPal and credit card to purchase our in-game currency, UPEX. But in the future, and that's what we're going to do with Telia, which is the subsidiary of of Second Life Linden Labs, uh, we will allow for fiat out also. You will be able to sell your properties or other goods and services we're going to have in the game in the future directly to fiat to other players. So which makes it, of course, much more interesting also for mass audiences to get into this whole world of crypto and blockchain.
0: Okay. I'm glad you clarified that because I think on a previous uh, bad news, I talked about this and and I think I got it wrong because I said you'd be able to sell your upix to fiat. That's not the case. You'll be able to sell properties for fiat. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. So, and this has uh, regulatory reasons, right? If we would allow to do that, then there's a whole different... All day. You'd get booted yeah, from
0: the right. App Store, right? I mean, you couldn't be on iTunes for sure, because any, any cryptocurrency-based app on iTunes, they've got to find a way to make this work within their framework.
1: Exactly, exactly, right? So that's also why we are on, on let's say, on the apps, which we have Android and iOS apps, we, we have to be a little bit more restrictive because of the given rules there, right? We can do a little bit more things on the web, obviously. right? So that, that's, that's possible, but it's clear. And and TIA has all those money transmitter licenses because if we would have developed those, those them ourselves, it's not just developing it, the solution, but it's also applying for in each state in the U.S. for, for this money transmitter license, it takes you ages and lots of money. So we really took a shortcut and we're going to be the first blockchain game allowing to do that. But importantly, you have to find, it's a marketplace, you have to find another buyer for your NFT. In terms of in the beginning, this will be properties, but in going forward, other NFTs we're going to offer in the game, or the business licenses, whatever uh, we're going to distribute there, as well as for you guys, uh, you know, whatever you bring in.
0: That sounds great. Well, we appreciate the update again. If you guys haven't downloaded it yet, go to badco.in forward slash upland. Uh, Dirk, do they still need to do that on the mobile browser in order to get extra Upex through sure. that link?
1: If they go through your link, you can use any device, depending on the device you're currently on. If you're on the on your desktop, you know, you get you get the six thousand UPEX, you know, special double sign-up bonus for for that crypto. If you're on your mobile phone, you can direct it to the App Store, but then you sign up for the first time and download the app, then you also get the 6,000 apex which is equivalent of roughly $6.
2: That's great. You've had the Martini update. You've had the Mojito update. When's the Margarita update? <laughs> it's all coming. We're currently, We're
1: discussing whether next one should be called Curie. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, should no, margarita have been
0: on Cinco margarita. de Mayo, right? Yeah. Shouldn't that have been?
2: Yeah, you missed it. It should have been the margarita update. That's when you introduced the pinatas.
1: So true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, man. We'll be keeping our eye on what's coming next. for the update and honestly this was recorded a couple weeks ago and since then they they put out another addition to their roadmap it might be on their blog at upland.me but their roadmap for the year is seriously impressive yep it's right here it was actually released on june 7th if you go to upland.me it'll and click blog it'll take you to their roadmap post and they're talking about um that all the buildings in upland are going to be implemented in 3d so when you're looking on the map and you zoom into a certain level, you're actually going to see the buildings popping up like an isometric view. And there's classes of buildings. There's different sizes and building classes. There's a property editor that you can go ahead and select the color of the buildings. There's a lot. Go go look at what they're doing. It's um, it's like they are full steam ahead.
2: Yeah. And there I notice in some areas for collections, there are no more properties. Like no. I mean, if so you try to go to the haight Ashbury area, you are not getting any properties there. There are some other ones. Like I remember, whenever it first started, whenever they were, we were able to move your person wherever you wanted to go. Um, I didn't realize that, and then how that worked, and then other people figured it out and bought up all of haight Ashbury. That whole thing.
0: yeah. Also, I've, uh, what's the the Wiggly Street? I can never oh, remember. Oh, Lombard. Lombard Street, you can't that that, uh, you know, if you don't have that collection, that's gone. But there's going to be new collections, especially as they open up the new city. So uh, and a lot of these explored. new cities
2: are going to be even nicer than the real cities because the real cities are destroyed. So at least in the virtual world, we have good cities still.
0: There's no poop on the streets in virtual San Francisco.
2: <laughs> no broken windows. It's great. So
0: not, not that I know of. I don't know. Maybe you'll be able to, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe you can
2: modify it to dominate
0: the, the streets. So we're keeping an eye on that. And guys, we are just neck deep in a project here on this side. And I think that by the time bad news happens on Friday, we will be able to announce to you what that project is and there's going to be an NFT associated with it. So you're going to want to have your wallet ready and make sure you do not miss out on listening to the bad news episode on Friday because we're working on a project. We're going to issue a collectible NFT to commemorate that project. And if the project goes well, as we hope it do, I think that the collectible NFT itself might truly become an item that is rare. So this is one NFT you do not want to miss. We're going to give it away free, but you got to listen to the show to find out how to get
2: it. So put that on Travis to do list, make NFT.
0: Make NFT. Uh, Anything else, Ms. Travis Wright? I know we've got a lot to do. And um, I, I think we need to get after that and let the good people of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia know that we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Please share. Please subscribe. Please review. If you've never reviewed the show, what a great opportunity to do that. Go to iTunes or Facebook or wherever, you know, YouTube, wherever you listen to the show and let us know what you think, especially if you really like it.
2: Yeah, if you really like it. And also go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever and uh, register for or subscribe to the, the Nifty Show. We've set that one up. That's the one we're talking all about, NFTs. If you haven't done that yet, on Fridays, basically we're putting out two episodes. Uh last week, my internet, I've had some really cruddy internet with Comcast lately, and it just comes in and out. So the new news was a day late and a dollar short last week. But normally on Fridays, we're doing two shows. We're doing a live show and then we're doing the bad news show. And the bad news comes here and then the nifty show is live, but it's also on a podcast. So go ahead and subscribe to that because there's going to be some really, really cool stuff associated with bad crypto that you're going to want to know about.
0: Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Enjoy your week and stay bad.